Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon Holiday Extravaganza. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host. All month long, I'll bring you interviews with authors chatting about their holiday-themed cozies. You'll also hear authors sharing their special holiday memories. And you'll find holiday photos and recipes on the podcast Instagram. Happy listening. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another holiday special episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host. Author Cynthia Kuhn joins me in the corner today to chat about The Study of Secrets, her Christmas time Lila McLean academic mystery. Welcome, Cynthia. Hi, Alexia. Thank you so much for having me. Now, what's going on in The Study of Secrets, which you set at uh, Christmas time in a Victorian mansion? Um, Lila McLean, who's a professor, is taking her sabbatical in the aforementioned Victorian mansion. Um, and she's researching mystery novels, specifically those of Isabella Dare, who is her all-time favorite uh, author. And while she's there, she discovers a manuscript that has been lost for years and years and years. And there's a, a murder right up front from someone in a book club. And so she takes on the whole case uh, while everyone else is celebrating Christmas, she's sleuthing. Now, as you mentioned, she's working on a biography of a mystery author while writing her own mystery novel. And then she finds an unpublished mystery manuscript. So you've written a mystery novel about mystery novelist. So did you have fun doing that? Or and did you include any like Easter eggs or inside secrets about the uh, mystery novelist life? <laughs> I think other mystery novels will, uh, or mystery, sorry, mystery novelists will definitely pick up on some of the, the things that we are familiar with. Um, and the other part of this story is that there is another actual mystery that she's trying to solve that comes to light while uh, she's trying to solve the current mystery. So there's actually two, there's mysteries in every direction. <laughs> layers upon layers of mystery. That's right. No. This is at Christmas time, um, and you just had Lila's on a sabbatical. Um, and for for listeners who might not know what a sabbatical is, could you tell us briefly what that's what that's about? Absolutely, <clears throat> a sabbatical is a wonderful period of time during which a professor can go and focus on a project that they are researching or writing, and they are excused from their teaching duties. Uh, it's usually a semester long. Some people do take a year and um, they are just able to really dive in uh, and then they come back and they're refreshed and teach for seven more years or however long they <laughs> have until their next sabbatical. So given that she's on sabbatical and Christmas is actually a time when, you know, most academic institutions are, are closed down. How did you decide to set your academic mystery at Christmas? Well, it was actually her sabbatical starts uh, earlier in the fall and she does a lot of writing and uh, that kind of uh, work up until when this book starts. And the reason that I set it at Christmas time is because all of the Lila McLean mysteries are set <laughs> at a holiday with the exception of the fourth one, which uh, because I wanted her to go on sabbatical for this book, I, I couldn't quite work out the timeline. The only holiday that I could have sort of figured out uh, would have been maybe them dancing around the maypole or something <laughs> but that didn't really fit into the plot so um <laughs> so christmas it was this is the first time that there was a christmas um setting for a lila book 
And it was so much fun to uh, write about the decorations and the activities. In fact, Callahan House, which is the mansion where she's staying, um, hosts a huge holiday party for the town. And they had a meeting ahead of time with lots of people who are volunteering. And they have arguments over whether they're gonna be serving candy canes dipped in chocolate or something else and the traditions. And it's just, it was just so much fun to kind of add that flavor to the, to the manuscript. So you kind of got a Christmas flavor and I see some, some Gothic elements with the, the, the kind of mysterious mansion and the, the secret drawers. <laughs> what did you find inspiration for Callahan House? Oh, um, <laughs> I feel like Callahan House was in my mind the whole time I was writing this series. I wanted to get her to a Victorian mansion. I do teach Gothic literature. I love Gothic. Um, and I thought it would be interesting for her to be working in a place that is Gothic, but in a cozy um, where certainly other elements of Gothic are taking place, but in a, in a cozy tone, <laughs> if that makes any sense. <laughs> You know, you answered my next question. Um, you teach Gothic literature. Um, and this, you know, reading about your book very much reminded me of, of Gothic stories. Um, so the answer to my question is yes, Gothic literature obviously influenced the study of secrets. Would you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Uh, I, I love teaching Gothic. Um, I love all the conventions that go along with Gothic. You have um, the crossing of boundaries, you have secrets. Um, oftentimes there are ancestral secret, secrets, excuse me, uh, which also plays a role here. There are uh, things that are hidden that come to light, which is the case of the manuscript in the book. And then a lot of other things such as um, even the landscape and the way that it contributes to the sort of Gothic feeling of the setting, um, which I tried in certain places to emphasize. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, such a joy to kind of rework gothic characteristics into a cozy flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, one gothic author we're probably all familiar with who um, also wrote mysteries. You know, we, we all owe uh, uh, debt to Mr. Edgar Allan Poe for his contributions to this art form. Was, was he kind of in your head when you were, when you were working on the, your Lila stories? You know, I think he's always hovering in the background of mystery and Gothic writers uh, in a way. He's, he's such a, a master um, at, at evoking that, that uncanny feeling when you're reading, that, that sense of nervousness, but um, from familiar things. So I, I think he, he hangs over all of us, perhaps. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I did overtly invoke him in the next book that I'm writing, or that, I, that just came out actually in, in the new series, the uh, Starlet Bookshop Mystery Series, they have a murder mystery dinner party where the host is dressed up as Sia Goose Dupin. And, um, <laughs> and the, another uh, author in town says, well, now I want to have an Edgar Allan Poe theme for my reading of my new book. So he's very much there. He's overtly <laughs> present in, in the next <laughs> book. <laughs> Now, um, you and, and I both are actually here in Colorado, which, although lovely, is not particularly gothic when you when you look out at it. It's, you know, kind of wide open spaces and, and bright sun and, you know, very much Western. So did you, how did you, other outside of your work, obviously, uh, find kind of inspiration for your 
the sort of gothic flavor for both the Lila series and your new series? Did you travel to some spooky old houses or just read lots of old spooky stories or? Yes, I mean, depending on the book that we're talking about, it was it was different activities. So for the third book in the Lila McLean series, um, it's set in a haunted opera house. And I went to several opera houses, um, one in Leadville, um, also in Central City and Blackhawk. And then on my campus, the student union used to be an opera house. So, and it's, it's reputedly haunted as well. So I went and stood in those spaces and walked around and sort of tried to get the, the vibe. Um, the first one was definitely the strongest sense of, I, I can't even describe it. Just, I had goosebumps instantly. And, and I just felt, you just feel something in the air. So, so those, anyway, those three, um, trips sort of, oh, and also for that book, we went up to Estes Park to the, the, uh, the Stanley Hotel, which is where uh, Stephen King was reportedly yes. inspired to write The Shining. So um, we took the ghost tour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we took the ghost tour there, which is an incredible experience. Um, some unexplicable or inexplicable things happen during that. Um, mm. Anyway, so that was book three. Yeah, that was the most fun probably <laughs> for all of them. And then um, speaking of the wide open spaces and the sort of Western vibe in the fourth book, The Subject of Malice, Lila goes to a conference that's called Malice in the Mountains. And I, <laughs> I sort of imagined this ranch that had been used as a movie set in the past and still had a lot of the, the props sort of lying around or parts of the sets. Um, and in my story, in my head anyway, for some reason, I had it be a Western to start with. It was used for lots of Western movies. And then the horror movies started to be filmed there once everything sort of started falling apart. <laughs> and uh, and it was a, a place where people go now to, to spend time in nature and, and get away from things. But there's all these weird props around the, the area to give this sort of strange, uh, unsettling flavor. So I tried to use the wide open spaces for, for gothic effect, but I don't, I don't know if I achieved that or not, but I tried. As strange and unsettling and, and ghosts are, are definitely things I associate with, uh, with, with Gothic, with the caveat that I'm, I am not a literature professor or expert in any way. And my idea of Gothic is probably all wrong. So I, I wouldn't want to take a <laughs> test on it, but it's, it's, it's kind of what I think of. And I, I also think of, um, uh, ghost stories, which I learned a couple years ago were actually very popular at Christmas time in the Victorian era. Yes, I think that's really exciting. There's such a strange, it's, I guess it's not strange. I think it's, it's understandable, but there's this tension in the Victorian era between things that are very buttoned up and proper because that's how you're supposed to behave. But on the same time, the sort of <clears throat> outlet for a certain kind of wildness, whether it's creative or, or other, other period. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and I think that you, your books with your uh, with your ghost and you you have such a, um, a sense of authenticity about it. I absolutely love your books. And well, thank you. I would like to ask, am I allowed to ask a question? Like, sure. <laughs> how, how did you get interested in um, paranormal uh, aspects to cozies? Uh, because my, my two loves uh, growing up uh, were mysteries uh, and ghost stories. Um, my, my parents were the um, 
kind and trusting parents who let me have uh, both an unrestricted library card and let me stay up late in the summer watching um, old horror movies on the um, channel that we could only get in from Baltimore, you know, at, at two o'clock in the morning by holding the rabbit ear antennas at a weird angle. Um, so I, I grew up on a, a steady diet of, uh, you know, Stephen King and uh, Bela Lugosi and Agatha Christie and Nancy Drew. So it kind of all uh, found its way into, uh, you know, I was like, how can I combine these things? I know I can write a mystery with a ghost because most ghosts are murdered. Um, and hey, let's solve a murder of the ghost. Right, it's, just, it's wonderful, it's just wonderful. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> and um, speaking of, of stories that you know influenced you uh, uh, as either a child or, or growing up, um, what are some of your, your favorite Christmas stories? I'm, I'm thinking of A Christmas Carol, which is actually a ghost story, so that's, that's why I like it. Do you have any, any Christmas stories you liked? I liked all of the Christmas stories, everything that was on TV from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer to, um, to a Christmas story, just as, just as you <laughs> just mentioned, I just gobbled them up. I, I thought that they were so interesting and fun and put you in the mood. Um, it's so funny to watch them now as an adult. Um, I still have that, that joy of, of, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's, it's, it's your heart lifts up and, I feel transported back to being a little child whenever I see those shows on TV, but I am grateful for, for recent additions like Elf. I mean, Elf was something that <laughs> I had two young boys when it first came out and we all sat down as a family and that sort of become a tradition to watch Elf together every, every Christmas. So. One, one of my favorite Christmas stories is um, Hercule Poirot's Christmas and uh, Christmas mysteries are, are definitely a thing. Um, and I think that the study of secrets should be added to every reader's list of go-to Christmas mysteries. <laughs> so, so where nice. can they... <laughs> Thank you, Alexia. That's so nice. So where can they buy a copy so that they can um, be sure and, and start the tradition of, of reading that every Christmas? <laughs> uh, well, they are available wherever books are sold. I believe it's your booksellers, your favorite booksellers should be able to get a copy. Um, and I want you to know that we chose green for the cover so that it was seasonally appropriate. So we'll, it will fit on your Christmas shelf <laughs> if you want to. Yes, so it will also fit under your Christmas tree or on your Christmas mantle. Uh, right. right. <laughs> and, you know, ac academics and, and Christmas and uh, possibly cursed mansions with uh, secret <laughs> manuscripts and locked drawers. You, you can't go wrong with that. Um, you know, that pair, pairs well with both eggnog and peppermint. Wow, I hadn't even thought of that. Thank you. I'll be running for that as soon as we're done. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, where, and where can readers run to connect with you if they'd like to uh, find out more about Lila and your new series that um, you, just, you just had the launch for? Yes, um, my website is CynthiaCoon.net and you'll have all the information there, including social media links. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Cynthia, and for uh, talking about some uh, Victorian and, and Gothic uh, uh, Christmas memories, spooky and otherwise. Happy holidays, and thank you so much, Alexia, for having me. It's been delightful talking to you. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. Happy holidays, and until next time, goodbye.
Thank you for listening to The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon, part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm Alexia Gordon, award-winning author and host of the show. Tune in next time for another chat with an author writing on the lighter side of crime. Until then, goodbye.